Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to this podcast. I will be your host today and to introduce myself, greetings. I am Omari Boone, a third-year pre-nursing scholar from Orlando, Florida, and I would like to allow my guests for today to introduce themselves. Greetings. I am Sade Sally, a first-year political science major from Tampa, Florida. Your second year there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Greetings, I am Sade Sally, a second-year political science major from Tampa, Florida. Greetings, I'm Sanai Mathis, a second-year bio-presental student hailing from West Palm Beach, Florida. Greetings, I am Lauren Frazier, a second-year biomedical student hailing from the Ville that runs the hill, Jacksonville, Florida. Greetings, I am a rising senior from Poughkeepsie, New York, by way of Orlando, Florida. Information technology is my major, my fault. All right, all right. Hello, everyone. How are you all today? Good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Okay, let's jump right into it. Today, we're going to be discussing one of the most controversial issues we face today, sexual assault. As some of you may know, I am putting on the Be The Change Sexual Assault Week. I felt the need to speak up for the people who can't speak up for themselves. The need to show people actually care. To show friends, family, family, even people I don't even know that someone is fighting to make a change to be the change so here we are our first topic what exactly is sexual assault to you and what is your take on it sexual assault to me is the unwilling consent um of anyone sexually um when we basically it's the forceful touching or non-forceful touching of someone without their consent. Mm-hmm. To me, it's not right. You know, as to a lot of us, it's not right. It's very harmful and it has so many lasting effects that people don't know about. Um, I completely agree to back up what they said. Um, just anything that isn't consensual. Um, if I say no, it means no. Um and that's that. So anything that's not consensual, whether it's a female or male, regardless of sexual orientation, um, if I do not agree to it, if they do not agree to it, then it shouldn't happen. Right. right. I also agree with Day and Naya because um, consent requires an outward demonstration through understandable words or actions or clearly willingness to engage in sexual assault. Um, intentionally touching someone like including on top of their clothes, mouth, neck, buttocks, anything that's part of sexual so in a sexual manner. Sexual contact. It also includes another person touch another person touching their own their own another's body. So, yeah. Yeah. So basically what everybody has said, but I wanna give it like so it's any unwanted touch. There is no no form of touch that's okay if someone does not want it that is sexual assault if you're touching them whether it's the the gentle brush by that people do flirtatious flirtatiously or it's uh hey how you doing and shaking your hand for too long of a second and it gets uncomfortable so it's it can be any form of unwanted touch that's sexual assault I agree with all of y'all. Um, I also want to input that sexual assault can even be coercion, um, sexual harassment, catcalling, any of those type of mm-hmm. things as well. Um, it doesn't really always have to be physical. It can be verbal as well. Um, and yeah. Um, my next question is, 
how do you feel we can begin to make change about sexual assault? Um, the only way to make change is to educate our people and then for these attackers to not attack anymore. Right. Um, I mean, it doesn't change if it's not stopped. If we don't properly educate people on what sexual assault is and is not, um, if we don't talk to our students, if we're not having that, you know, open and honest conversation, then we won't have a change. You know, it will continue to brush it to the side and continue to normalize it as we already have. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem would continue to persist. Um, I agree. Again, going off what she said, um, how do we stop it? Honestly, we we explain um, repeatedly if need be, because I know that some of the people who are out here sexually assaulting women have had that talk before. Um, mm-hmm. So they know what it is, but I, I feel like they need a breakdown um, mm-hmm. in allowing yourself to be comfortable enough to have these kind of conversations and inform people. And this is honestly um, Amari, the podcast, like having these conversations, opening up the room, opening the mm-hmm. floor to speak. This is how you put an end to it. Um, fortunately, it's going to happen. Um, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So just educating the public so that it doesn't happen as often, really. Um, and I feel like that's the biggest thing, just education, really, explaining, um, going into depth about uh, the extremes. Because it doesn't have, like Caleb said, it doesn't have to be this big thing. It doesn't have to be he hits you. And no, it could be anything small, starting from... Uh-huh. Um, a, something, a touch that happened too long or mm-hmm. something that is extreme such as rape I I definitely agree um, I feel like we have to start by speaking the same language when we mean sexual assault if we're going to work together to stop sexual assault we have to speak the same language we have to mean the same thing when we say sexual assault or sexual mol- or molestation rape anything of that nature moreover we have to understand the basic fact what is exactly sexual assault and how many of our people are at risk or how many of our people have been sexually assaulted and how seriously are they damaged what are the characteristics what causes someone to sexually abuse a person yeah i feel like making making people more aware of like like she was saying like bringing it to people's attention like going in depth on what is the sexual assault because a lot of people they think it's the, the major things like the big things right. and then they fail to realize that they're doing it on a daily basis and it's like most people they will think it's normal or it's oh it's just how he is or it's just how she is she's real flirtatious or he's real flirtatious and then they ignore the fact that that's leading up to now they're so comfortable doing it it's going to be a habit of theirs so now whenever they meet new people or they're in a group and they're hanging out he's uh automatically sitting close real close to the person and touching upon her or she's she's in the club and now they're dancing and oh she pulls a dude like that's it, it becomes habits of people and then it's like if you don't bring that attention to the people that are like learning about it or people that are you're trying to make aware about it like you got to go like real in depth so that people understand so it's not building the habits that become to those major things where it's rape or molestation or stuff like that all right i agree with all of you i also feel we need to stop holding the victims accountable and stop 
victim blaming in a sense. Um, Like people are, when people are coming out about their stories, I just see left and right. Oh, he's lying. She's lying. It's not true. And it's just like, how can you really deny someone's story? You don't really know what happened yourself. So um, just embracing these people, um, showing them they're there, that there's people there that care about them. And I feel like that's how we can start making a change. Yeah, that's big because a lot of people, when you see like the victim blaming and like the victim shaming and stuff like that, it takes, it takes away from like the comfort of like voicing yourself and the comfort of being a survivor. Like, okay, now nobody wants to talk about their experience or nobody wants to bring awareness because now it's like, okay, whenever I speak on it, I'm being blamed because it's like, what, what did I do wrong? Or why did, what did you do to put yourself in that situation? So it kind of takes away from people's comfort. Yeah. Where were you? Uh, Were you drunk? Um, What were you? Why were you in your room past 10 o'clock? Right. All right. Um, What do you think the school is doing about these issues? Hmm. Little to nothing. Um, I think that they are rarely addressing it. I think that they, for someone who has dealt with the school in such a way, we, if, if anyone who has ever reported it at FAMU knows that your case gets thrown to Carrie Gavin, who is the Title IX sexual assault coordinator. I like Ms. Gavin. I think that she does her best. I think that they try. But they ain't trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that with war, an organization, Warriors Against Rape, that I'm in, as well as NISEN, um, I know that we put on as many events as we can and try to educate people at our school as much as we can. But at the end of the day, the school is not doing as much. Um, and those are the people that are supposed to protect us overall. We paid them way too much money right. to... Mm-hmm have this many women who have said I've been assaulted or this many men who said I've been assaulted at FAMU and nothing has been done. And the only way that people hear them is through Twitter. FAMU has done not very much um, against these people. And this is why they're able to continue to do this year after year. I completely agree. Um, I would also say that luckily in my um, dealing with my case, I have um, great people on it. I actually have not had to communicate with Officer Gavin. Um, but I will say that there are some people on campus um, who take their job very, very seriously and who care. I know um, Mr. Manu is amazing. Um, Mr. Spell, even, amazing. And he's the what the uh, vice president, dean of students. So it's not even his job, but he's very, very supportive. Um, but other than the few that I've been in contact with, there are way too many stories that I've heard where people are like, yeah, you know, I um, I came into contact with him today or yeah, I saw her walking in the hallway. It makes no sense that you talked about your sexual assault to the authorities and this is the same person getting on the same elevator as you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you're too close for comfort and I'm going to need something to be done. So I feel like once it's not like people need to cause havoc about it. No, but what I am saying is 
people need to definitely talk to um, those in powerful positions to make sure that things get done. Thankful to Charday, and people don't even know, but she was the one that emailed um, Dr. Larry Robinson about the peoples and village. So it's like, it takes things like that. You have with FAMU, and I know that we can all say this, you have to keep on pressing them about certain things. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to press you more than once about sexual assault. That should be a one and done thing because it's hard for me to say it once. So for me to have to keep on saying it and for me to have to keep on doing it, it's a lot. Because I didn't even want to come to you about it the first time. So I feel like they need to, a lot more needs to be done. But um, we can't ignore the progress that has been made. I agree. Um, I can't say too much about it because I am a transfer. I did transfer last year. So I'm like, really, I just became a part of Warriors Against Rape and everything like that. But I definitely agree on what Naya said and what Sarday said. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would say that the school lacks the initiative, like from the staff. Yeah, they, they it's their staff that does care, and there's people on campus that do care, and they do try to take the action as much as they can. I do agree with that. But I feel like there should be more of, like, a campus initiative where it's, like, those things, like you are saying, like, those encounters should not happen. There's no reason you should be seeing your assaulter or anyone that has been accused by you even if the campus doesn't take legal action, they still should take that general, okay, that 20 feet contact, 10 feet contact thing like they do for fights should be the same thing you would do for someone that that has reported an allegation over and over and there is no action being taken. There should be those those contracts where you can't be within 50 feet of me or you can't be in the same building as me at the same time so our schedules cannot align. So things like that, I feel like, should be taken like those those are things like you're saying that should not be a three three step process should that should be i reported it and it's being done right now as i'm reporting mm-hmm. it same way you would do for a fine when they come put a boot on your car you get you get that ticket instantly that should be the same way you get that contract set up once you're reporting Absolutely. it so i feel like the campus does not do a good job at all in that area all right um All right, my next question would be, how do you all feel about students that are accused of sexual assault who have leadership positions on campus? They're not exempt at all. Um, It doesn't matter what you hold, you know, what power play you hold or, you know, what organization you're a part of. You are not exempt from your actions. You should be held accountable just as everyone else. And, um, at that point, I think they should be removed from whatever uh, power position they hold at the moment. Um, I know that we've seen a lot of stuff on social media, on Twitter, and things like that, and those people should absolutely be removed from their positions. Um, I know of some you know, men who and women who have been accused of attacking someone, assaulting someone. I know that the person who, you know, did this to me, he actually is a part of the 50 person he was just elected in. He's not exempt. And he's not not going to be held accountable for his actions. So everyone, you know, who thinks that, you know, oh, because I hold this certain title or because I'm in this organization or because I run this and I'm this and I'm down with president of this, you're not exempt. 
You're not, you know, we're not going to ignore you. We see you. We hear you. And we're going to take action against you. I completely agree. And as someone that's on campus and with a voice, I feel like they're more than worse than the issue. Because it's it's the fact that you're willing to be a face on the campus with these things. And you have a voice on the campus and you're doing things like that. And and it's like, I feel like it's a neglect to the campus as well as yourself. Because you're, you're okay with putting yourself out there knowing you're doing these things. And it's continuous allegations. And for and even in the case there was someone running for to be Mr. Famu and there are allegations against you. Like I feel like the campus should take action to that and like, okay, there should be requirements and guidelines you cannot cross. And it's just like for people to be that open and that blunt and that bold on our campus, that's it's disgusting at times. It's just like you're worse than the problem. I, so I don't I, I definitely agree. I agree. I also feel like um if you're a leader on campus, I I mean a lot of us have leadership roles and positions, um, whether it's you're on e-board of something, you know, you're still a leader. Um, and I can honestly say that you have people who will follow and you have people who will look up, like, I can't, we don't have to have a, a FYE peer mentor job or an ASB mentor to have mentees, to have people who look up and they're like, oh, I definitely like, oh, cool, you're in this? I definitely want to do that. Like, for me, you have people who are looking at you like, wow, he's doing great things. Wow, she's doing great things. I want to do that. And then here you are being accused and it's like, you have to go on Twitter to find it. And it's like, damn, I didn't even know. This whole time, I've been not so much as idolizing, but I've been putting them on a pedestal to where it's like, I definitely want to do what he's doing. I want to follow in his footsteps to get to where he's going and to get to where she's going to turn around and find out that this person is nothing like you and nothing that you want to become. So not only are they not exempt, but once you are accused, I need people to be held accountable and I need people to acknowledge it because sometimes people will suppress it or people will move past it oh, nah, he's only in um, EC, or nah, he's, no, that does not matter. I don't care if you are in a fraternity, if you are a fundraising chair, and if you are in the electoral commissions. Honestly, you need to be held accountable, and you need to acknowledge the fact that you were accused, whether it is true or not. Acknowledge the person who said it, mm-hmm. and be able to have that conversation. Because you look super guilty when you push it away. As if you, you don't speak you at don't all. don't speak. And you push it away as if it didn't happen. Because now I'm definitely going to have questions for you. Because if we all saw the tweets, then I know you did too. Right. So you being silent about it, one, is not helping. Two, it makes you look even worse by not addressing the situation. I definitely agree with you guys. And also um, to add into that, um, we have to be mindful of, not be mindful, but there are some people out there that just want attention. So they're going to say they consent, they gave consent to the other person that we can do this. And then when they find out, you know, they're going to deep when days later, they're like, oh, he raped me or, oh, he did this. So it's like, I won't say like exempt them from like, take them off their leader's role but find like investigate through it because some people do lie about those things 
So I completely, I completely agree. People do lie. Um, I have a lot of, I have nothing but male cousins. So I, I've been in, I've definitely been in that situation where the female, they wanted a relationship and my cousin was like, no. And then they're like, oh, well, I didn't consent to, he was like, yes, you did. And I understand that you're saying um, to investigate, but that's not easy. Um, Sexual assault is very, very delicate. And it's also very hard to prove unless you go right away to get a rape kit done. Because it's basically he say she say. It's that's exactly what it is. It's you know, it's literally he say. And I definitely like being a survivor. I would say you don't always believe the female, but that I slapped me in the face because I found out that people actually lie about that stuff for attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now it's like. I don't want to question your character, but what's really going on here? Um, and I've also been in the shoes where people didn't believe me. And it's like, one, I have nothing to prove to you. But two, who would lie about that? And unfortunately, we do have six people out there who would. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very delicate situation. And to investigate, it would be hard. Unless you have receipts of them saying it, that would be very, very difficult. So unfortunately, we have people that lie. But we also have people who are telling the truth, and because of their position, people don't believe him. He would never. Oh, that's my friend. He would never do something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the ones who know yeah. that he got, he's kind of sus. Like, oh, he kind of sus. But that's my <laughs> dog, so I'm gonna stick with him. Yeah, no. Yeah. Talk about it. And there are a lot of people out there with like. In those cases, it's like there are people with a voice, and there are people in power that will will see their their uh, co or who, their friend or their partner or someone else that's in power that they associate with and then they'll go to taking their side and it's just like you're using your voice to speak down on a victim or speak down on someone that is voicing themselves and is not lying but because you guys are associated you don't want to you don't want to tarnish their name or you don't want it to be so they're so you're going to use your voice to talk down and I feel like you should just keep silent in those cases because it's like why talk down on someone if you don't have the facts because you're not that person you may know someone and like there's this thing going around where he wasn't like that with me or she wasn't like that with me and I feel like that's the dumbest thing anyone can say because no one's like the way they are with everyone because I'm sure enough not like the same person I am in school I'm not the same person I am with my mother so there's no way you're gonna say oh he wasn't like that with me because you're not like that with your mother so it's just like don't don't Mm -hmm. talk on something you cannot for sure, a hundred percent speak on. So I feel like if you if you don't have anything to advocate, don't speak at all because you're not helping the case. And it's it goes to the point where you again where it's taken away from the comfort of the people that are speaking out in their cases and voicing themselves because it's leading to people not wanting to be not wanting to be targeted or not even getting a chance to be heard. Um, I want to add on um, to you guys or as far as um, student leadership, I feel like if anyone in a student position is held or um, accused of anything like this, regardless if it's true or not, I feel like whatever platform or organization they're a part of should release a statement saying like, we hear your concerns, we hear this, we're gonna like hold this person accountable and just like look further into it, not just simply ignoring it or just leaving it up to that person to really take it on themselves being that you are in a powerful position, that position or that organization should 
look into you as like as a character, as a person. I agree. It needs to be acknowledged, yeah. All right. Um moving on. Um so let's talk about everything that's been happening on Twitter. Do you guys have any opinions on all of that? Um, um, so with me actually you know what day you could go first I deactivated my account um I felt like it was just so nasty the things that I was seeing and um I know that when we started I think that we started on Monday um or Tuesday with you know everyone being able to come out and say um yeah, it was Tuesday. Everybody being able to come out and say, I was, you know, assaulted at this time and have so much support because a lot of people don't realize that's the first time these people have spoken out. These kids were seven and they were, you know, 12 and 14 or 19 or 18, 21 or whatever. This is the first time they're speaking out. You know, they're not speaking out because I want clout, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't want your attention. I don't want your pity this is me telling you this happened to me and I would appreciate your support but I don't need your negative opinions I don't need you to ask me why I didn't report when I was 7 years old or when I was 15 years old or while I was 19 years old I don't need you to question my story I don't need you to question my attacker I don't need you to, to anything like that and it turned into so much negativity I don't understand how we can scream black lives matter and then tear down our black women. And it's our black men. And it's, you know, or tear down our black men who have been through the same things. Like, we can't pose for one and then put down right. the other. You know, so for me, I had to remove myself from social media as a whole because it was honestly disgusting. Anytime I went on social media, it put me in this, like, just depressive mood, this dark mood. I felt like I wanted to respond, but I knew there were certain things that I... You know, I have to remember you are the only person who can ruin your image at the end of the day. Your actions are the only thing that can take you away from what you are trying to do. So I had to remove myself because a lot of people on social media deserve to be snapped on and, and met with and yeah. talked with in a face-to-face -face conversation because a lot of the things that have been going on are inexcusable, disgusting, and demeaning. And it doesn't help us survivors. It doesn't help, you know, us who have been through this situation, it in turn has been hurting us a lot. So for me, I had to take a step back from Twitter. Um, so in my case, I don't have a Twitter. Um, and I'm happy that I don't have a Twitter. I was talking to my friend yesterday. He was like, you got, you know, you got to look past that. Yeah, no. That was <laughs> huge. Um, and I was, I kept on getting messages and it was crazy to me because so we're talking about the whole sexual assault movement and there's one huge thing and um, it's like she said she came out and she said what she needed to say and then it was kind of like yeah whatever anyway back to the biggest thing it's like no um, let me like acknowledge the fact that I just came out to you right. and I said that I was sexually right. assaulted um and it's like people have finally found a way 
people find different outlets and I'm not going to fault them for doing it on social media. If that's where you feel comfortable, then do it. Whatever helps you. So they find people finally felt comfortable enough to put it on social media. And it's like, everybody was tearing everyone down. It wasn't like a, wow, Mm -hmm. you're so strong. Like, I'm so proud of you. It was like, girl, did you see this? Girl, did you? Oh my God, did you? Why mm. is that what's happening? Why it turned into it was beautiful in the beginning, and it turned into something nasty. And then my friend, who finally decided that she was going to share her story, posted it on Twitter and deleted it two minutes later because of everything else that was happening. And she had finally found her voice, and she was finally going to do it. And she was like, "Naya, can I tell you something?" I said, "What's up?" And she shared it with me, and she was like, "I posted it on Twitter, but..." I couldn't keep it up there because of everything that was happening. And it completely took all the light away from all the positivity on social media. And I'm not going to lie to you, that could have been a really beautiful thing if people would have allowed it to be. But unfortunately, we tore each other down and we didn't allow each other to speak. And it's like, I wanted to be able to hear them. I wanted to be able to feel them. I wanted to be able to see them for who they are. For me personally, and I'm not saying people that have not been sexually assaulted are weak, but I am saying people that have been sexually assaulted are 10 times stronger than I thought they were in the beginning. Yeah. Especially Mm. when they speak out on it on social media. This is the first time anyone else other than my immediates have heard anything. So it's like, I immediately think like, wow, you are so strong. You are so beautiful. And I commend you for everything that you're doing right now. So for people to turn that into something else, and then the comments where it was like, oh, kill yourself. And then the graphics and everybody hates and all of that. For me, it was like, let's not be childish here. Because what she's being accused of is huge. One, two, what everybody else is posting around it is also huge. So let's not take this with a grain of salt and let's, let's not play games. Yeah. Let's hold people accountable, but let's also be serious and allow ourselves to be a little bit sensitive to the subject because everybody was being very harsh. Yeah, I can speak on that firsthand because a lot of people that were expressing to me and sharing their stories with me, it was to the point where they weren't comfortable with putting it out on social media because of the aftermath and uh, what they saw that FAMU Twitter was doing. And it was just like, it was kind of deterring them. And it was, and I felt so like I was hurt because it's just like they had the courage to share it with me, someone that they didn't really know or someone that, that they didn't have, they don't really know at all. So it was just like, okay, you can share it with me, but you don't want to share it because the fact that our campus is making it to a point where either you're going to get bashed or it's going to be a mockery. So it's just like you're taking away from people's voice and the strength that the people have just to, to express themselves so that they can bring awareness so it doesn't happen to anyone else. And it's like the campus, sometimes it's, they're ignorant to it because it's just like, okay, yeah, it's a repetitive thing and it's a trend. And it's something I feel like shouldn't be a trend because it's just like, yeah, it's inevitable in a case of America, but it's our campus and we actually have a voice on our campus. And this is a way for people to out- outlet and express themselves and make things known and bring awareness. And people are making jokes and people are 
victim um, shaming and people are saying, oh, no, you're lying and people are taking sides. And I feel like it's just like, like I said earlier, either be quiet or advocate. This is, it's, it's, it's that simple. It really that it's simple. That you, simple. You can either not say anything or advocate because it's like, you're not helping anyone because you're not going to help the person that's been accused. There's no way you're helping them by saying, Oh no, that's not how they are. Oh no, no, that you're lying. Okay. You're not doing anything. It's already been said. So it's just like, you can, you can really just be quiet. So I feel like that's that they do that enough to where it's like, people don't want to say anything and people are uncomfortable and scared to say anything. So it's, I feel like that's, one of the biggest things with FAMU's Twitter that needs to change. And I try, I try my, with my little, I can do with my voice to like advocate and express that that's not how it normally is. Cause it's deterring people from our school as well. Cause I, there are people with the FAMU 24 hashtag that are taking it out of their bio or tweeting that, Oh, I don't know if FAMU is really going to be my choice anymore. I had my friend tell me her mentee is not coming to FAM anymore. So it's just like, Stuff like that is it's taken away from the history of our university, and it's like either you can be the change you want to see, or you can be quiet. Honestly, people don't understand mm-hmm. how much power we hold in our hands with these phones, and we're not using it for the things we're supposed to be using Literally. it for. And we could progress so much if we just turned it around, but unfortunately, people are stuck on the fact that I just really wish people could see that they're it's they used social media and everything to uplift other people how amazing it could be because they obviously see how powerful it is when you tear somebody down you completely change somebody's college decision what if she's wanted to go to hbcu her whole life yeah and then she saw it on twitter and was like yeah no i'm good like for me it's like we could be doing so much more for so each other good. and within our community right. and we sit here and we allow this to happen for I, retweets and likes. I also did see um something was like a little tweet that say why you didn't report it and being a victim I understand why people don't report it because of what others may say and that oh you're lying oh they won't believe me oh it's a he it's between my story and his story and People don't report it because they're nervous. They're scared. It's, they are already damaged from what just happened to them. So it's like, why? Like that's why I'm not reporting it. And for us, we're I will help them. Like, be the voice. You have a voice. You can speak behind me, and I will help you get through whatever. Yeah, that hashtag kind of bothered me because it was like, yeah. it was like, <laughs> why? Who do I owe an explanation to? Um. Like I was just looking at it, and at first I was like, maybe I'll hash, maybe I'll do the hashtag. And I was like, wait, no, I don't owe anybody at FAMU an explanation for anything that I experienced right. in my life. I was like, there's really no, there's no power in you asking me why I didn't report it. Because what are you gonna do with why I didn't report it, or what are you gonna do to help me? So I was exactly. Like, like, are you gonna make fun of me because exactly. I didn't report it? Right. Or how would you change the exactly. situation? I was talking to someone and then like they were saying like how can you say why didn't I report it and you want me to report it to the police like the same police that don't even protect us to begin with so like they're not going to do anything who am I going to really report it to like I said the ignorance 
right? And then it's like the people on Twitter, it's like you talk all this and bash me and do all this on Twitter, but when we're on campus, <laughs> it's quiet. not the same energy. <laughs> you looking like a light in hell, boy. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, my next question is um, addressing Greek life. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I knew it was gonna come. Um, <laughs> what is the question? Um, more so of how do you hold people in Greek positions accountable? Like when there are accusations, what steps do you think should be done towards that? Um. So. I will speak on my organization and then I can speak on the MPHC as a whole. So I know that the FAMU's MPHC is kind of different from a lot of other universities. So accountability wise, it's going to be cease and desist. That's with our new Greek coordinator. That's his thing. So with stuff like this, it gets first, he goes down the chain. It'd be the MPHC president or their e-board and they'll discuss it and they'll build a case. And now it's going to be cease and desist. You'll get, you'll get that. And then I feel like as an organization, as yourself, like like uh, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, we're not, we don't condone that. So, and that's fraternity-wise. That's not just Alpha Eta. That's fraternity-wise. So when you see stuff like that, our state, our state uh, grad, undergraduate coordinators, they're going to, they're going to be the first ones to address it. You're going to, either you're going to be cease and desist, suspended, or your letters are being taken. So it's stuff like that, that I feel like need to be in every fraternity's constitution, whether it's you, something we have to transfer into our university so that it's something that we have to do because everybody's a credit to the university. So every organization on campus is there because of the grace of the university. So I feel like if the university does that and takes that action, because a lot of these fraternities you don't see, or a lot of the sororities, you don't see them addressing sexual assault publicly or even within each other. So it's just like a lot of things I feel like get swept under the rug or get ignored and openly ignored to where they don't even drop statements or they don't have members dropping statements at the least. So it's just like, I feel like that's the small action that needs to be taken. And like I said, the university, I'm not blaming the university in no way, but I'm saying the university is, will be the easiest way to make sure that everyone across the board of the MPHC is doing that within their organization where it's an allegation comes up, you're getting addressed instantly and it's it's building a case within your organization to where either your letters are being taken you're being suspended you're being put on cease and desist or your organization as a whole is being suspended or put on cease and desist because it's things like that that will make the organization take the initiative because now you can't stroll you can't party you can't host events you can't be seen in your nelia so stuff like that is just those are the things that i feel like the campus can do and and the greek life can do to make sure these things are being addressed and making the campus safer because at the end of the day, the D9 is one of the biggest organizations on campus as a whole. So I feel like people are looking at you because now you're, you're a part of the D9. So now you're making a face for the D9 because you're, you have an allegation on your name and it wasn't publicly addressed because a lot of people don't have a voice. So they feel like that the Greek is their voice on campus and stuff like that. So it's just like, yeah, my letters are big in, they're blatant everybody knows i'm a sigma but what am i doing to make sure that sigma's name is good 
And a lot of people don't realize that your actions are the biggest thing that you do to for your organization. That's how you're perceived because there are stereotypes around everyone's organization. So I feel like by taking that action where you're you as an organization, you're you're addressing it publicly and then you're taking the actions publicly where that's that that member is no longer in Nelia. That member is no longer associated with your events. That member is on cease and desist. Stuff like that, I feel like are the easiest way and the most effective way in this in these times at least. And it shouldn't be swept under the rug. Right. Um, do any of you guys have any questions as far as Greek guy? No, not me. Alright. No. Um, my next question would be, what advice do you have for someone who is scared to speak out um, or tell someone? I would say for advice, um, you're not alone, ever. Um, you are not the first, and unfortunately, you will not be the last. But also, it's not... Um, it doesn't make you weak to see a therapist. It doesn't make you weak to need support. It makes you stronger to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Um, it makes you a lot stronger to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And when my mom had first told me, Naya, you need help. I was like, um, excuse me? Like, no, I don't. And she's like, no, I didn't. First of all, relax. <laughs> Second of all, I didn't mean it that way. Um, I meant that you need to speak to someone outside of your family. You need to speak someone to someone who's unbiased. Because everybody in your family is like, you know, like, you know, I have your back and we're going to shelter you and we've got you and all your friends are saying it. But you need to speak to someone, which is amazing, but you need to speak to someone who doesn't know everything about you um allow yourself to be vulnerable with somebody else outside of us and i didn't understand the significance of that until april 4th when i went and i love it let me tell you even if you haven't been sexually assaulted go if you're dealing with anything i would say go because honestly it doesn't have to be heavy all of the time um the first few sessions we did talk about what happened to me and you know coping mechanisms and everything like that and then the last session we talked about a boy and I was like well he's really cute and I think he may like me and and honestly we were just laughing because it doesn't always have to be deep but to talk to somebody about what happened to you is essential um and it doesn't have to happen all that once but as long as you start, because if I'm being completely honest with you, and this is me talking to somebody who has been sexually assaulted before, if I'm being completely honest with you, it's bigger than you. You are needed by so many other young men and women, um, young boys and girls who have been sexually assaulted because we need a voice. We need people to talk about how the men in our community don't always have to be super strong. We get it. You're a provider, but you're also allowed to feel. 
And the same thing for our beautiful black women. So I feel like that is very, very, very necessary. Um, we need you. And I say we, I'm going to speak for me. I need you to get back to the beautiful you um, and be 10 times stronger than you were before. Um, not that you will ever be who you were before it happened to you, because unfortunately you won't. I hate to break it to you, but you will never be who you once were before it happened. But I need you to reclaim the pieces that he or she once took from you that were not theirs to take. I, I agree on that. Um, being a, a, a survivor of sexual molestation, sexual assault, um, I can say that when I was sexually assaulted, it wasn't his first time doing it to a girl. He did it to his neighbor years before. And I can say that if she would have told, she probably would have saved me from being sexually assaulted. And it's really a big thing. I understand that people are afraid to tell or things like that. And um, so with me telling, I say someone else. And I would like to like let people think that like when you tell, you can save someone else from this happening. To them. You can put them in where they need to be at. And so it's like it's not it's not something easy to do. It's really tough. It really damaged you. And like um, I'm not sure who said it, Sade or Naya, you become a stronger person than ever than you ever seen before. It's like a new life, basically. And it's all I can say is like when you tell, just think about you're saving someone else. But take your time. I would say, oh, yeah, take your time. Yeah, definitely find your comfort in it before you do it. Find comfort because it takes it takes a lot of strength, more strength than you have. Like it's it takes a lot of strength to voice yourself because now you're you're being you're putting in that awareness out, like you're saying, like you guys were saying, you're putting out that awareness so it doesn't happen to someone else, and you're you're expressing yourself and you're giving people a piece of you that something that you're carrying. But it does it does you will find comfort in it. Um, it does feel. It does feel better to lessen the load that you're carrying because it's it's something that happened to you and it's an experience that you'll remember and it's something that you've changed from and you've built from. So I definitely say find your comfort in it. Um, For me, I would definitely encourage anyone who wants to speak out, but also I completely understand anyone who is afraid you know who feels like I can't speak out because I don't have that support you know being from someone who doesn't have that support I completely understand you know why you wouldn't want to talk so much about it but of course you know me as a friend me as a mentor me as you know a sister I would definitely encourage anyone to you know tell your story report speak out, help others. It does help someone. Someone's life can be changed by you speaking up at that time when it happens or, you know, even months later when you feel comfortable. Um, I hate hearing, you know, my brothers and sisters say, I felt that I could never talk. You know, I felt that I could never 
say something against my attacker. I felt that I could never have that support. And then you see how many people have endured the same challenges you have. And we're just waiting for, you know, you to speak up, your best friend to speak up, your sister, your brother. You know, we all needed one person to say it happened to me for everyone else to feel comfortable enough mm-hmm. to say it happened to me too. You know, which is the whole purpose of the Me Too movement, to say it happened to me too. It happened to me as well. I um, went through it. I was just too yeah. afraid to say it, you know, first. So I definitely do encourage anyone to come and speak out um, and say anything. But I understand being afraid and I understand um, feeling like you don't have that support with Fortunate, you. But um, you never know I'm, unless so you do I'm not going to lie. Um, Day and I are best friends. And she was heaven sent. Will I ever admit that outside of this podcast? No. Um, <laughs> but she was honestly heaven sent. And we got closer Yay. after what happened to me because she was like, Naya, you need one, you need to go to the hospital and get a kit done. Two, um, you need to follow through with the case. And I was like, no, um, I don't want to. Like, I don't, I don't want to do it. Who are you to tell me what I need to do? This just happened to me. And I was being very, very stubborn. And it was like, one, I had not known what happened to her. So I was like, no, like, who are you? You haven't been through what I've been through. And I was very, like, upset that she was pushing me to do something. And then she was like, Naya, I'm coming from a place of, one, love. Two, I have been there. And honestly, when she was talking to me, I was I was taken back because it was like, wow, I see how she moves on campus. I see how motivated she is. I see that she's doing so much with her life. I see that she's goal-oriented. And she has so many dreams, and she loves wholeheartedly. And I see that. So for me, it was like, wow, if she could sit here and go through what I went through, um, and still be the most amazing person I can do it too and I was like I've got it I I have and luckily I had that support system God blessed me with an amazing support system um and they were with me every step of the way but we need that and honestly that's what I feel like that's what we're starting to do um and it starts here and I appreciate appreciate you Amari for doing this but um, anybody listening to the podcast who needs somebody or needs an outlet or just needs someone to listen, I'm here. I'm not going to speak for all of you, but I know I'm here. Um, I'm willing to be there. Caleb, you've already said that people who didn't know you were already like, yeah. look, Caleb, I need to talk. I need somebody. And they came to you because they can do that. And I can see that through the, I had never met you before, but I can see that you're also an amazing person. And day, you already know that everybody comes to you with their, stuff so you're obviously that person for people but honestly just having that ear um shoulder hug or just needing to vent you don't even need to give feedback sometimes just being able to listen goes a very long way i definitely agree and to people that's listening don't be afraid to get help like a therapist or anything like that because for me I was I'm just now getting a therapy for what happened to me seven years ago and it's like it's bringing it's not bringing closure but it's bringing like relief off of me like 
a lot of depression, a lot. I was like, back then, I was like really thinking about suicide until I was like, no, I need to share my story. I need others to hear me out and to let them know I'm here for them, whatever it is that they need. And with that, I created an organization that helps people that has been sexually assaulted, molested, raped, anything. So yeah, don't be afraid to like speak up and say that you need help. Uh, also, piggy, piggybacking off of um, what all of you have said, because y'all have said some amazing things. Um, but what Naya had said um, about me being, you know, me encouraging her, you know, through me encouraging her, I didn't realize that I wasn't doing as much for myself. And, you know, me and Naya were just talking about this last night where she told me, be vulnerable. You know, you don't have to be the strong person all the time. You can rely on me. And I think that a lot of times we forget that we hide our pain through our strength. You know, we carry our strength on our shoulders. We carry our strength on our face and we pretend that we're okay. I'm okay as long as I help everybody else. If you are like, you know, me or so many people that I know where you feel like I can't, you know, break down because I have this person relying on me, this person relying on me, those same people relying on you are the same people that are going to pick you up when you fall. The exact same people. I have had so many people this past week show me how much I am cared for, how much I am loved, have told me in the same breath, you are so strong, but sweetheart, you need to let your guard down. You need to let me in because you you ain't strong right now. You know, you ain't that same day who's armor, you know, army tough right now. You need me. So I'm going to be there for you as you have been there for me. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to cry. That's fine. You'll be okay. But you don't have to be that that tough girl, that tough guy all the time. Well, I'm a man, so I can't show my emotion. I'm, I'm a strong woman, so I can't show my emotion. No, you can. And there is not one person who truly says true. that they love you that is going to deny you. Um, so piggybacking off what everyone said, I personally have not gone through sexual assault but like I feel as if if you find it's not even necessarily finding that one person that you can go to because some people go to people and they just don't even believe them but going to someone you genuinely trust genuinely know has been down for you through everything and just talking to them like hey I'm being real I just need to talk I just want to like I trust you so I'm like sharing this with you can mean so much even to them to know that you trust them enough to share something so precious so sacred so like yes I'm here for anyone that's wanting to talk and I'm pretty sure everyone in here that's why I chose you guys because of like how genuine you are all are are here to support anyone that's going through that for sure for sure and I appreciate um real quick all of you who are willing to um, and I'm talking about the people in the podcast who are willing to speak out on sexual assault because I'm, no matter if it happened yesterday or 15 years ago, um, it's never easy. So I appreciate you guys for sure. Um, okay, our the last two questions I have are kind of deeper, so. My next question would be, if you were face-to-face with your attacker, mm. what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
for me, I've thought a long time, as I think that a lot of people have thought a long time about what they would say to this person, you know, who has permanently changed their lives. Um, and the Christian in me wants to say, I will pray for you. You know, God is going to handle you and all those things. But day, <laughs> the person that you have changed and the woman that I am now is definitely going to say you're going to have to see me one day you're going to have to face me <laughs> you're going to you're going to have to see me because you have taken so much from me and I've gained 10 times more but you definitely are going to reap what you sow you definitely are going to get some words from me you got to see me you know and that's just me that's not everybody but I know <laughs> that I have a lot of praying friends. I have a praying family <laughs> and that's all I need. But for me personally, oh, you definitely are going to see me. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely gonna get that out <laughs> for sure. Not May not be today, but it's gonna be one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, gonna happen. <laughs> go ahead, Taylor. Um, uh, for me, I'd probably just, I don't know. Uh, Cause it's a family friend and it's still a family friend. So it's for me it would just be a why. Um, yeah, like a, a why and a why you didn't stop. Because I told you guys yesterday the story. So it's just like a why and why 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 you didn't stop. And I I genuinely just want to know. Um, I've come a long way, uh, like heart wise and mentally and spiritually. So it's kind of I'm not I'm I'm still furious, but it's just like I'm not as mad as I was. And it's just a why and a why you didn't stop. I just I want to know. And I, what were and also what were you thinking? Like, I know we were young, but still, like, what were you thinking? Mm. That's, that's um, for me. Oh boy! So mine happened on December 11th. Um, so it's pretty fresh, and I have. Um, I've always had a great relationship with God, but when I lost my grandmother, I was like, oh, yes, raps, I'm done. And then um, <laughs> after what happened to me, I kind of got back right. And I have this inner peace now that is ridiculous. Um, I watch my sermons. I read my, I honestly could say that like God and I are Thelma and Louise. But let me tell you something. Um, if I saw him, for a while I would see him. Um, on campus, and I'm not gonna lie to you. That day, I was on the elevator, like I said earlier, and he walked on, and there was room for him to stand anywhere else, and he stood right next to me. Um, and I was stuck, and I told, uh, I was talking to my parents, and and I told them, and they're like, "Yeah, Naya, um, no, no, you shouldn't have been stuck. What you should have done." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." And everything in me, no matter how peaceful I am on the inside. I want him to run me my fade. I really do. Because it's like, you saw me crying. Um, you heard me say no. I tried to get up multiple right. times. So it's like, one, you use the fact that you were stronger than me against me. So that makes you weak. Second thing, um, I really, I honestly just want to fight. I do. I wish I didn't. And I wish 
that you know it was like okay like I'm good I'm gonna just I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna pray for him but I'm still human and I, I still I still got that right. little like nah right. you gonna have to see me like yep. they said I have no problem like oh don't get me wrong yep. I like I said I have male cousins and my male cousins are like Naya like I want to go to Tallahassee I'm like not nah, relax y'all have y'all are doctors like chill out um but if y'all do let me get mine in what let me get first and but get I, I will honestly say that, um, <laughs> right I've, uh, it's in the hands of the law enforcement so I can't do anything anyway but I will say that when I see him in court it's gonna be a different story yeah I can say for me I was 12 years old at oh the time. he was so like sorry. 25 24 years old and at the time because I had to go through court at 12 years old, me being, because he was like a brother, like he was a family friend, and me being young, I'm like, man, I don't want to get him in trouble. And then at the same time, me seeing him, it's like, it broke my heart. I was so scared to testify and say things like that. I'm just like, man, I don't know what to say. And now, seven years later, like being that he's out of jail, out of prison, I can run into him any day now. And I'm like, uh, it still brings like a nervousness to me because I'm like I don't know and then I talked to my father about it and I'm like he's like don't worry because they call me Lala and don't worry about it Lala I'm gonna get his, him and stuff like that and I'm like no 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 don't kill him don't kill him but and so I would probably ask him what made you do that to me like what were your intentions were you thinking that I weren't wasn't going to tell like what what pleas please you? Like I'm not, I'm not understanding what makes somebody does it, do it or not. So, I'm just in like. Can why? I ask oh, like a you, guy. Lala, like, a question real quick? Mm-hmm. Both of you said, yeah, that you would want to know why. Are you guys ready for that answer? Oh, that's. I would say yeah. Now I would, but if it was like back then, like years later. Years what before, about you, Caleb? I wouldn't be ready. Mm. Uh, thank you. I think Caleb left. Yeah. Firstly, or just input, I want to applaud all of you because, you, like, although this is a serious matter, you guys have grown to the point where you can openly talk about it. You can, like, make not really light of the situation, but you can kind of make light of the situation. Um so yes, I think all of you are so strong for this. Really. Thank you. Um. So before we get to the last question, I forgot one question. Um. Do you have any coping mechanisms or therapy or su- support groups that you recommend? Um. This is mine. So since for me, I made an organization called La La's Listening which helps other girls and boys because boys are a part of this too. Boys just don't report it because they don't want to seem as and as or so-called gay or whatnot. So I would say a therapist, get a therapist, a therapist. <clears throat> or is it the next person? I'm sorry. Um, for me, I mean, I love candles, 
that is the way that I relax. <laughs> and she has no anybody knows me knows that I love candles and Netflix and you know things like that. That's just <laughs> oh yeah, definitely phone be on do not disturb all day. <laughs> so I definitely you know take take time for yourself. I think that a lot of times when we go through traumatic events or situations we are so quick to want to rely on being around our friends because we're so scared to be alone we're so scared to be alone but I think that taking time for yourself understanding that hey I need my own space hey I need time to reflect I need a space to cry because for me I'm not a person where if you I could cry all day in my room but if the second somebody come in I am straight I'm good so take that time for yourself to be able to you know reflect and understand you because like Naya said previously you are changing into a whole nother person know this person know who I am becoming you know I know for me now I feel myself changing a lot of things for me have been changing spiritually mentally physically um and I have to get to know her first I have to know okay who is this new day so that when I come around other people, I can explain to them, hey, the person that you saw last year is not the person you see today. The things that I accepted before are not the things that I'm accepting today. So my biggest coping mechanism was just taking that time for myself to understand what happened to me and how I can heal from it. Go and if you are that person that I need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going to talk to a therapist. There's nothing wrong with getting help and saying, I need help. Not at all. Do that. You know, but don't be so afraid to get rid of those negative stereotypes mm-hmm. that black people don't see therapists. Yep. We see therapists and sometimes we need them. And it's okay. So mm-hmm. I think when we just listen to that more and listen to ourselves and our inner uh, thoughts more mechanism we definitely me, find ways therapy. to heal um therapy i have no problem like people are like going crazy with quarantine or we're going crazy and we're like i can't be in the house for this long i have no problem being under my sheets and turning on a movie so for me it's like netflix disney plus hulu all of that um helps me out I also love candles but most importantly music um that is my other form of therapy I it's so therapeutic and I love it um so for me that's huge uh listening to music and just learning who I am because I'm not who I was before so I'm learning the things that I like and the things I don't like and boundaries the things I allow people to do the things I don't allow people to do before what happened to me I was fine when somebody touched me on my thigh when they were laughing and now it's like uh don't touch me mm-hmm. so um just learning who I am um all over again it's there's beauty in it just don't judge the process while you're in it because you're taking away the beauty And speak back on boundaries, um, I just encountered, like, uh, not an argument, but a conversation with my father because as I don't like spending the night over nobody's house anymore or just going to some, like, my father, I used to go over his house all the time. And he started, when I explained to him why I don't come spend a night, he was like, I'm your father, I'm your father, I would never do that to you. I know that, but I have to find out where what it is 
and where I need to be in life, like to understand that, okay, you're not going to do this to me. And I understand that you're not going to do this to me, but it's me becoming a new person, like opening up more than what I used to be. So yeah, boundaries is one thing. Um, Okay. Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, oh, I would definitely say my coping mechanisms are similar to, I don't know who mentioned it, but like Netflix and like music. Um, I just have to find peace in my day. So whether it's going outside for a walk, taking a drive, um, just silence sometimes. It's just like finding a peace in the day where it's just peaceful. There's nothing. There's no negative things I'm thinking about. There's no stress and bearing just finding that peace that's how I cope with it because it does linger and when I tell my story to people it does come back and it gives me that feeling sometimes and it's just like okay now I have to go find that peace in my day that will help me get past this or help me not have to carry it the whole day again or not have to relive it or go back through it so it's just like finding that peace that I can always go to whether it's music whether it's TV, clearing my mind, or driving, going for a drive. Sometimes it's bonding with people that don't know about it. So it's just, it's different things. It just gives you that release to where, yeah, right. I'm, I'm at peace with everything right now. I'm not worried about that. That's, it's not in my past, but it's in my past right now. So it's just finding that peace in your day that gives you that feeling that you're okay, that you don't have to, that's not something you're concerned about with right now. Right. So me, for me to pitch in, um, like I stated, I've never been through any of this, but um, I was depressed this past year, fall semester, where like I didn't want to hang out with people at all. I would go to class, come home, and I really just like sat in my room one day and I was like, yeah, I got to change something about this. So like I would force myself to get up early every morning I would listen to a sermon I would listen to gospel music um light a candle I would start I didn't know this but I would start like painting and drawing and that really like gave me kind of a peaceful balance in myself it like made me think while I was drawing and painting and also like working out or even walking just thinking to yourself Finding an outlet is big. Um. Okay, and then finally, would any of you like to share your story? On if you're comfortable and willing to. I'm good on that. (laughs) Okay, I'll share mine. Um, like I stated before, I was 12. Um, the family friend was 24. Um, it was the night that I was spending a night before the day before church. Um, I had I spent a night over the house and we slept on the couch. Me and my cousin, well, her his sister, which I called my cousin, we slept on the couch together. It was like an L-shaped couch. I remember every detail for some reason. And next thing you know, probably like around midnight, twelve, one o'clock in the morning, I feel someone touching me. Like it was like I just felt rubbingness on my buttocks and then on my chest and then I woke up and it was him and I did not know what to say all I heard was shh and then I heard this thing he was saying do you want me to do this every time 
And then one time he asked, then he asked again, um, are you going to tell? And at that time I shook my head because I couldn't speak. I was just like, Mm-mm. I was like really shocked. Like somebody had tased me. And at that time, the next day I told him, we went to church and I told him, I said, if you don't tell, I'm going to tell because what you did, I know it wasn't right. So, and he said, okay, okay. And I said, you need to tell, you need to tell. So when my mom came into church, he told my mom some a whole lie. And that's what made her ask me. He, she was like, Marcus, tell me what he did to you. And I said, oh, he told you he touched. And I, when she said what, I started busting crying because I couldn't even get it out of my mouth that he touched me. And from that time, she called the police. And then from then I had to go through trial. I had to testify because they thought I they didn't. It was a he say, she say because he kept changing his story. But my story would never change. So it was like, I don't know who to believe. And then it was, then he got, then they sentenced him. It was seven years, seven years, seven years in probation, seven years in prison, which I believe now they charge somebody with a drug crime more than that. So with them charging seven years, I'm like, really? You could charge somebody 15 years in prison for selling drugs, but somebody who molested a 12 year old child. Seven years, that's crazy. I'm so so strong. yeah, that was my story. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. Um, and there we have it. That's our podcast for today. I would like to thank everyone for taking the time to participate. Thank you for having me. And that is all. <laughs> Bye.